Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Well, hello there, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, that's Caroline, we're your hosts, and we are coming to you live from an undisclosed location because I'm not allowed to tell you where we are live, but we do tell you where we went in the Pramvel section of our podcast. You will hear next week on the podcast about our next, third location. Yeah, yeah. Which Very, is where we're actually recording from. But oh we my can't gosh, it's you. so hard to keep up with things. All right, so where we last left you, just to pick you up, uh, for those of you who listen to all these episodes and the Pramvel, which is our, our travel pramble. Combine that word into a lovely cheese that's very decadent because and light. Because pramble and is also a combination of words, which yeah. is the preamble, but you also ramble. Yes. And now you combine that with travel, and it's a pramble. And it's a pramble. And yes, if this is your first time listening, we like to make up words on this podcast. It's ridiculous. Uh, we left you in Kinsale, Ireland, which sure is did. down in the south east of Ireland. I think that's fair to say. And we told you about our ridiculously cool Airbnb that we found and swindled the person to letting us <laughs> stay there. Uh, we talked to you about the farmer's market, driving on the other side of the road, which we'd never done before. Now we want to talk about a couple of our favorite restaurants mm-hmm. and then our two kind of big adventures that we did. Yes. The I, I want to start with the four seasons in a day. We did talk about that on the last we did? Yes, we did. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. I'm going to talk about it very quickly again. I got <laughs> up. I had my coffee. Beautiful view overlooking the water. T- it's sunny. Ten minutes later, it's snowing. I cannot tell you how much of a shock this was to me. I went down. I woke up Caroline. It was lovely. Do you think lovely. that was one of your favorite moments on our trip thus 100%. That is my favorite moment on the trip. 100%. That's my favorite moment. That's cute. Yeah. It, it might rival part of what I'm going to talk. we're going to talk about. It's not just me. This is our oh, podcast. Oh, I can talk too? That's nice. <laughs> I would say so many things, but I would get in trouble for all of them. Yes, you would. Um, Yes. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, great. So four seasons in a day, you like snow. Cute. Yep. (laughs) So do you want to talk about our first adventure? So that day where you got to experience snow, where were we headed, Jason? Oh, I'm I'm allowed. Now I'm talking again? This is very (laughs) confusing. Now you're also allowed to talk. (laughs) It's like a a game of tag. Like you just like tag the other person. So we, it snowed. It wasn't snowing anymore. The sun opened up and just like blew all the clouds out of the sky. Ridiculous. So we got all bundled up and we were going to the James Fort, which is a 17th century fort that sits atop this hill. And it was just so bizarre. Like the, I just want to share with you how weird it is to wake up. It's sunny. It snows. It's sunny again. It's basically warm enough that it was windy. So you had to wear a jacket, but like it wasn't that cold Mm -hmm. at that point. Truly bizarre. But anyway, we go for this walk. It's about a mile and a half. I don't know how many kilometers that is. Sorry, European friends. I haven't switched over to kilometers or Celsius yet. I can't do it. But we, may, we go through this walk, and you kind of like, it, it's, it's a, a little bit just like a suggestion of where it might be. Like, there's not a ton of signage. And then all of a sudden, you kind of like walk up this like weird back hill. And then you, you I love this I moment. I was like, get out the You're camera. Like, I was get like, the this camera is out. It. This is it. And I was like, what? This is what? Like, and where then are we, we? we went up, and at first, it, the way that the path kind of comes up, you have to do a final turn to actually see the fort. So we're coming up and I'm like, oops, I was wrong. And then, <laughs> and then you see it and you're like, oh, I was right. Yeah, I was filming for just like way too long. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, here's this walk and here's the screen. I mean, it's beautiful, but like there's nothing. And then boom, yeah. and you see and it. And to me, this adventure was sort of our first very quintessential Irish 
experience of what I pictured, which was the greenest grass you've ever seen in your entire existence. They cranked up the saturation. The bluest sky. And then this beautiful old piece of stone architecture with history and these, you know, little mossy things growing all over it. And it was just like, I felt definitely this like childlike wonder of exploring a place and, but you thought the the actual structure was really cool and you like were getting all these like great photos and videos and stuff. I sort of like took a turn off to the side <laughs> and they had these almost like uh, grassy knolls. Well, it's also very small. So like right. you, you see the entire fort. There's There are two forts actually. We, we didn't go to the other one. We left some meat on the bone, if you will, if in Kinsale for some other things to see. There's the Charles Fort, which is across the water, which we'll talk about in a second, kind of like how we saw that. But this the James Fort is, you can walk around the whole thing in like a minute and a half. Like it is right. not big at all. So so you're kind of like busy doing that. And then I go to this like raised area that sort of forms almost like a... Um, it's just like, that's yeah, not like a, a moat, but what I would call it a plateau. That's what I would call a, it. Okay. It's just a like plateau a little plateau around the perimeter. Different than a portmanteau. And I, definitely different than yeah. a portmanteau. Like Pramble. Would exactly. you consider that a portmanteau? Oh gosh. I don't know what a portmanteau is. It's a combination <laughs> of two words. Yeah. I know what a portmanteau is. It's a combination of two words. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this was a portmanteau of geography because it was a plateau, <laughs> but also raised up. Sure. Okay, go on. Anyway, you I stepped up onto this plateau. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and you can it's just an incredible vantage yeah. point. So you see the water. You see across the water is the Charles Fort, which is much yeah. bigger and kind of like this like pentagonal, I yes. think pentag. It's five sides. Five sides. Yeah. And then the sailboats, it was a gorgeous day. So the sailboats are coming across the water. And then you can see all these little homes. Also, my other favorite thing about Kinsale is that you have this, you have lots of these modern homes that are built up on like the side of huge mountains kind of hills yeah and then mixed in with all of these like old irish cottage homes yeah and i just love it and so i just was up there living my best life taking it in and it was super windy by the way so like it like hailed at one point it did hail at one point for like two seconds for two seconds Uh, and then it was sun but yeah we we had some farmer's market snacks that we brought with us and you were trying to eat this little like thai noodle salad and you would take the fork out and the wind would just try and like blow (laughs) the whole thing off your fork so it was just kind of like a fun exercise and like the the Instagram version of that would have been like, look how cute this was. We had this thing. But the reality is like the wind is whipping in your face. It hailed two <laughs> seconds ago. It's muddy. Uh, but it was it was absolutely it was magical. So the views were beautiful. Uh, it was just one of those things where you're just up there and you have this moment. You're like, this is exactly why we did this trip. Mm-hmm. Like this is the moment. That and the snow that I got to experience in that morning because mm-hmm. we're California and Florida kids. Like we don't experience a lot of snow. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. So, so speaking of greens grass, bluest sky another of our more like natural outdoor adventure things that we did is we wanted to see some cliffs yeah so one day we decided to do a short little drive down to the old head yeah and old head is this like sort of peninsula imagine an island but that's still connected like that's the best way to describe it it juts out right at this like southern tip and it's a very famous golf course now i believe um but it it was closed for the season so it wasn't really open yet so we just drove through and we were able to park right by the entrance of old head and so what you get on both sides is you can't go on to the actual little like i the, it's not an island, but it's not an island. the but yeah, piece you, of land itself. Yeah. But right before that, you get these 
huge, like how far down do you think it was? Like I mean, hundreds, hundreds of feet. feet? Yeah. yeah. Hundreds of feet. Um, cliffs with just the most beautiful water. Yeah. And I'm so excited to put the, the Kinsale video together as of recording this. I'm about halfway done with it, but we got a ton of footage and it, it just doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're walking around and this is the moment that I was talking about. That's like my other moment is of enjoyment is like, I'm just walking along safely the edge of this cliff mm-hmm. on this little trail and you're just looking and you're like, I, it's like you don't see things like this, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the, the thing that I can most relate the, the feeling of it to is when we did our money moon, which was like we saved up for years. We went to Tahiti and we did the overwater bungalow thing. And just like that moment when we got there, we're like, this is, is, this, this is a real place that people mm-hmm. go to. And it was the same thing with Old Head Cliffs. I'm like, this is real. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, there are three cars parked here. We're the only people besides these other two cars that are here. So it was just amazing to be able to do that. And like, I think it's one of those experiences this year that I will remember kind of above all else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be right below the snowy morning, but uh, yeah, it was just like, again, the greenest greens, the bluest blues. And the, that's the thing, right? Is we're learning so much throughout this trip. And we've only been to literally two locations. We're learning so much about like what excites us what lights us up what fills our bucket with joy and one of those is just being awed by nature yeah like that is as much as I love 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 the city of Lisbon and that's just like a totally different experience right but the the awe and the feeling that I get standing on cliffs like that and feeling small and feeling connected to this natural world that we all live in those are the magical experiences for me yeah are we allowed to talk about the drive up there at all Sure. Okay. So I asked that with the uh, premise that I could edit that part out, but now I can leave it in because you get to hear how our relationship works. So we, this was our first drive after making it all the way to Kinsale where I think we had like our first like hairy, like moment of driving. Right. And we were going up this and we tried to look at the directions and it was like, this is an R road, which mm-hmm. we believe is like a good, like you got now some we know lane ours, lines. Ours, ours is, is a suggestion of different types of things. Yes. It can have lines. It can have two lanes. It can have one lane. It can have no lanes. It's just like... And we got to this place where it's like this huge vertical uphill. It's one lane. It's almost less than one lane. And I think it just, it, I mean, it frazzled me, but it really frazzled you. And I, I just, I want to share these parts of our journey in the Pranvel mm-hmm. because it's so easy to share the highlights. Like, totally. Everything we do is just like such a dream and like the, the greens and the blues and the cliffs. But like you were definitely yeah. uncomfortable for the rest of the time that we well, were at the cliffs. That's what I was going to say is it really took a lot of mental effort for me to enjoy all of those things that we just listed because for that part, that little half adventure day, I really had to come down from the frazzlement of the drive up there. But you know, now having done things like that a few times, I am learning how to bounce back quicker from those things and how to let go. And we'll talk about that in this episode of all these things that we've learned just two months into our trip. Um, But you know, those are the challenging situations that I signed up for when I signed up for this trip and why I believe that doing something like this for us at least is so valuable because I really, I want to grow. I want to not allow my anxiety to tarnish an experience like the one that we had or just not do it right like I think there is a version of you that would have just been like I'm just gonna stay in the car you Mm -hmm. just go and like play and Mm -hmm. then like I'm just too uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and and I I don't know what that feels like so it's so Mm -hmm. hard for me in that moment to do that but I I do give you a ton of credit for trying to push through and and just so everyone listening understands like 
it doesn't mean that you get out of the car and you're like, okay, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bit of like, okay, I can only like walk around this like for a few minutes and like, I, we need to go like somewhere else. Like I'm yeah. feeling uncomfortable. Or like, I think, and again, we'll touch on this in like the relationship section of what we've learned, but I think we're getting a lot better at being clearer, or at least I'm trying to get a lot better at being clearer in my words about what I need and what's happening. Yeah. Right. So like, what was the thing that happened? We had a, this is like jumping ahead, but we had a drive the other day that was like pretty good actually for my, like I felt fine. And there was this one moment. Oh, it was the dr- pulling out of the gas station, which we'll oh, talk yeah, about. Yeah. But we had this one moment that sent a jolt of fight or flight through my entire body. And I, I shut down when that happens because I'm trying to bounce back from it. And instead of just shutting down and being silent, so Jason fills in the blanks, instead I'm getting better about going, just so you know, I, my mind is fine. My attitude is fine. Like I feel confident and and brave going on this drive with you, but my body is recovering from that jolt of adrenaline that just went through me. And so if I'm being quiet, that's what's happening. And I'm just letting it kind of like take its course. So I'm just getting better about sort of like taking Jason on the journey of what the physical sensations are in my body and what's happening in my mind so that he doesn't have to fill in the blanks. And then he can be like, Oh, okay. The the whole drive isn't ruined. She's going to be fine. She just needs a, a couple of minutes to like come down from that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that was old head in the James Fort. And then gosh, you're going to be skydiving by the end of this. Do you realize that? Like you've I'm dealt really with, not. you're going to just like, you're going to be doing just the craziest cliff jumps and like, no. like, you know, no. weird. There's a, there's a hell yes. There's a hell no. And then there's like a, I don't know, maybe I could try. And yeah. that's a hell no. All right. Me. Let's talk about some of our favorite restaurants. Uh, for those of you who may not know this, or maybe you haven't heard us say this in any other place, Kinsale is the gourmet capital of Ireland. We did not know this. Uh, this is very this is uh, wonderful coincidence for us. Because we're foodies, we in case you don't know. We really love food. It is we, a wonderful it is invention. honestly part of what makes Probably being alive worth things. it. Yeah. So we, we ate at a bunch of restaurants, pretty much every restaurant that was open in Kinsale. Because some of them were out of season. Because some of them were not in season. Uh, we picked three to share our experience with. Which was with. tough, honestly. So let's go in order of how expensive they were. Let's okay. do that. So we're going to start with O'Hurley's, uh-huh. otherwise known as OHK Cafe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was a little brunch spot, only open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think so. And it's tiny. So I, if, if I were just to tell you, imagine a small Irish cafe. There's like seven tables inside. There's a little bar area for making coffee drinks and like there's little pastries. There's a couple tables outside and like an awning. I'm sure you can almost picture it. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's wood walls and you know, there's a lot of funky little things in there, but it just, it felt like very much like an Irish brunch spot. Mm -hmm. And we just really loved it. I mean, we had a great conversation with the the server who ended up actually working as a caddy in Los Angeles, Yeah, a golf caddy. And it was hilarious. Yeah. So being from California, like he was happy to chat about that. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, there was another wonderful server who was like, we're just so excited to see American tourists again. Like, and that was nice to hear just that, you know, I can imagine for a town that relies on tourism, like the past two years have been really tough on them for a whole slew of reasons. And of course, if you're a local, like you don't want to see the locals all the time. You get so tired of seeing like (laughs) Jeff and Sarah and like, they're great people, but like you just get so tired of seeing them. Uh, but (laughs) But, yeah, we, uh, we both ordered the mushroom toast. Yes. And Oh, this is my other favorite thing in Kinsale and all across Ireland. They are really on board with gluten-free. Yes. So if you are a person who is 
gluten-free. Now, I will say I don't have like celiac disease. So I don't know if it's just, you know, they're good at gluten-free options or if it's like truly gluten-free where there's like no contamination or anything like that. So I don't want to give you the wrong impression. However, if you're someone who has an intolerance like I do and you just try to avoid gluten when you can... Oh my gosh. Yeah. They everywhere. are on it everywhere. Even has a gluten places free that don't have gluten free on the menu for a bread option, you ask and they're like, and that's what we did at OHK Cafe. The guy was like, I think we do. I'll be right back. And like went back. He's like, yeah, we got it. And he's just like, thank you. That's amazing. It's incredible. And so I just really loved that cafe. Everything was very like fresh. Yeah. And let's talk delicious. about the best part of it, which was for the cinnamon rollers. The yes, pecan roll that I had. To. So I ordered a pecan roll uh, because obviously, and it came and it, it kind of looked like a sticky bun is what mm-hmm, it looked like, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in like the shape of a conventional cinnamon roll, like you would imagine no icing or anything on top had like a glaze. And when I cut it in half, my immediate thought was this is going to be the driest pastry I've ever had. I was incorrect. incorrect. It was moist. It delicious. was tasty. It was delicious wow ohk cafe nailed it and i would have gotten four more had mm-hmm. i been allowed to but i'm not allowed to buy that many pastries in certain times sometimes i'm allowed though uh, but it was very very good it was very enjoyable sometimes i just have to titrate you your do. sugar you intake you know like i'm trying to have you with me for the long haul and i'm trying to have as many cinnamon rolls as possible well I'm not, i don't want to we both have light. different goals I don't, that's true we, we do different, different goals. goals um what was I going to tell you about? Oh, so do we have like a leaderboard for like the cinnamon oh, pastries? Like, oh, oh. So uh, like, I, I didn't really want to like hit anybody to pit against, against. Okay, anybody. it's not a competition. I just wanted to experience. Okay, it's not and a competition. I think that's a good like th- like thing of how we're feeling, I would say in these first two locations as well, just like a little of a sidebar, is it just feels like life operates a little bit differently. Like an Americanism would be like, create the leaderboard of cinnamon rolls. Like we got to share this here. It's just like, just enjoy the cinnamon rolls, you know, just, just be just and like, be. ah, the shop will be open or it won't, yeah. you know, it's okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about our second restaurant okay. on the order of, uh, of pricing here. You get a little bit more money. Finn's farm cuts. Wow. I'm saying the name correctly because I was saying the name incorrectly as a joke and it really drove Caroline nuts, it but really that's okay. Did. Finn's Farm Cut is a family restaurant that has been in business for four generations of John Finn. Yeah. Okay. And now it's now it's run by John Finn and Julie, his yeah. wife. And um, just we were the first people to arrive at yes. this restaurant, as we are most of the times, because we like to eat early and, you know, COVID and stuff. Like, you just want to, yeah, the less fine. crowded, the better. Yeah. And we made friends with our, the only server yep. in the restaurant. Yep. Um, she was wonderful. She was from Sardinia. Yes. And she... I was I, like, I was like, how did you end up in Kinsale? She's she was like, like, oh, it's that's too long. long story. She was, was like, it's like, a long okay, story. All right, I understand. I understand. <laughs> she uh, just was lovely. That was part of the experience. Yes. It was just like making jokes with her. And at first, Jason and I sat. Well, I will say immediately upon walking in, it gave you such a warm and wonderful feeling. Yeah. And then you sit down and Jason and I, she gave us the best table in the whole restaurant, which is kind of separate from everyone and a cute little two person table near the window. Yeah. And there's these little shutters near the window. And so you're like sitting there and then Jason and I immediately have a good feeling. We're just like, this feels warm. The lighting was wonderful. Yeah. Very and moody. We, and then we're like sitting there and then we're looking around and we're like, <laughs> if you told us that we would love the feeling of this restaurant like we probably wouldn't believe you because there is a faux finish yeah. there is fake ivy there is plastic a lob- lobster a plastic lobster yeah. in a net like yeah. it's a very tchotchke heavy yes. environment there is a subway tile like Wallpaper. vinyl like yeah. vinyl on the wall yeah. so anyway all these things that are maybe like 
you would think, is this tacky? Yeah. But no. They pull it, it off. They pulled it off. I think dim lighting goes a long way. <laughs> the dim lighting really worked. <laughs> but it made you feel so warm and welcomed and it felt very uh, homey. Yeah. And then to on top of that, so you have like a homey environment. It's very like warm lighting. The food. The food was fantastic. The food was incredible. Very much an emphasis on like farm fresh ingredients. Yep. You could tell someone really put in care with the flavors and the presentation. Um, and we just had a blast. Yeah, I ended up getting the steak IPA pie. There was a Kinsale IPA that they made this like uh, steak pie with. And I cleaned the plate because it was absolutely delicious. And the chef even came out and was like, clean the plate, huh? <laughs> yeah. And just like... And this is a running joke in our family yeah. because Jason, when he was a kid, you had to clean your you plate. You clean the plate. And so he still, as an adult, like has to clean, have the, to plate. clean the plate. And so we always joke about do it. Do I have fellow plate cleaners out there? I know that I do. I know some of you had parents that started the timer on the microwave and you weren't allowed to leave the table until <laughs> so you we, finished that plate. So we, I finished the plate. We still laugh about it. Yeah. And the fact that the chef came out and was like, wow, you cleaned your plate. I was like, okay. <laughs> For the rest of his life, yeah. he's going to continue. Uh, I will say this place reminded me in a very weird way of Boabao in Lisbon oh. in that I wanted to order every single thing On off the, the menu. menu. Like True. the things that we had, I wanted all of it. Like you could just tell that there was so much care. So if you find yourself in Kinsale, mm -hmm. definitely go to Finn's Farm Cut. It is absolutely delicious. I don't know why I'm feeling the need to share this with the podcast listeners, but that just reminded me of something, which is that when you and I met um, I was not... Is this appetizers? Yes. Yeah. Okay, when Jason and I met and we started going out on dates together, something I very, realized very quickly about him is he was an appetizer person. Yeah. He would order an appetizer. Not only that, sometimes more than one appetizer. Yep. And growing up in a family where you don't have a lot of money... And we there also are, didn't have a lot no, of money. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, by that yeah. point... Like by that point when we met, I was like 21 and you were 27. You had already had a couple of years under your belt as like an adult person. Yes. So you were like, oh, I make enough money to now buy appetizers. My expenses were like $1,200 a month. So right, like exactly. I could afford double At appetizers. At that point, I'm still working into my adulthood where I, I am trying to make different choices than whatever. Yes. Like you don't just accept the... All you can think about is all the student loan debt and the no income that you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so growing up, like you would never order an appetizer. Yeah. First of all, there's like four children we need to feed and there's yeah. like, you don't... And you you never order the, the steak. portions aren't big you enough. You never order the steak on yeah. the menu. It's the most expensive thing on the menu. You don't. So anyway, I had all these like rules in my head about what you order when you get to a restaurant and to meet a person who was like, especially cause I think like, mm, I think sometimes we split the bill. But anyway, if you were paying that night, you'd be like, yeah, get some appetizers. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you can just get appetizers. And so it's just this funny thing in our relationship that you've really sort of changed, like evolved about me over time, which is like, enjoy yourself. Like, yeah. like what is life for if not to taste things? And you I know. tend to think of it like this could be my last meal ever. And I'm not going to order every single thing on the menu, but like, I just want to have an enjoyable experience. And I realize that comes from like a very privileged place and like having money to do it. But, like, but also there was a time when like, I didn't have a ton of money and I was still doing it. Cause I was yeah. just like, I mean, I'm at Chili's and like, I want the tenders and I want the fries as the appetizer. I'm going to get them both. You know, yeah, you just, really do when it comes to food, have this mentality of like, this could be YOLO, it. <laughs> YOLO, it's a very YOLO <laughs> food strategy. The cinnamon rollers know what's up. <laughs> yeah. They know what's going on. And I just have to say, it's something I love about you. I well, think I it's very it. endearing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about our last restaurant here and that'll wrap up our time in Kinsale, which is Bastion. Bastion. So it was kind of one of my dreams when we were thinking about this entire year of travel. Uh, this actually came about when the show Chef's Table popped up on Netflix. And 
you basically got to experience seeing what Michelin star restaurants were like. Like really for me, that was the first time when I ever understood like what a Michelin star restaurant was. Yeah. You just kind of like, you got into chef and food culture and you never had before. Yeah. And like, I, I know like Anthony Bourdain, like was way before that and like doing, but like I never watched any of those types of shows. So that was really my first kind of like foray into it. So after watching like, multiple scenes of that show, when we started to think about this trip, one of the things that was kind of in the back of my mind was like, I would love to eat at a Michelin star restaurant in every destination that we go to if possible and again i realized like how that comes off like oh it's a very like but like we've saved up money for this like it was an intentional thing and i just have to say like it's it's one of the most enjoyable parts of this trip for me like Mm -hmm. the cliffs and the snow day and like all that are great but being able to eat a meal that is the most thoughtful the most cared care put into every single bite i mean just everything that you do is so unique and interesting and i i know that we're not gonna be able to do another year like this so it's kind of why i'm also like let's pack it in here Mm -hmm. um but i will say this this being our our second michelin star it's funny because the Michelin star restaurant that we went to in Lisbon, we didn't even talk about. That's how kind of like lackluster yeah, we that just, one was. It just wasn't for us. Yeah. Like I could understand why someone would like it, but for us, it was just like, whatever. Bastion was the opposite. Opposite. So this, this place, uh, again, I think there were like seven tables at the restaurant, but it's like a fine dining restaurant, obviously. Yeah. Um, the room we were in, there was only four. Yeah. Did you notice? Because yeah. you had the big vase in the middle. And so you could just see the four yeah. in each corner. So this was about a, what do you say? 137 courses we had. <laughs> so many courses. <laughs> uh, it, it was, I think it was actually an eight course meal, but we ended up doing the wine pairing and it was just every bite of this meal, every drink, every sip was so thoughtfully considered. And it's one of those experiences we talked about this there for like, I mean, I think that's the best meal I've ever had. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah. And it's, it's different, right? Cause it's different than going to Finn's, Finn's farm cut where you have like a very hearty, like filling comforting Steak meal. Pie. Right. Versus something though, where the taste, it's a different experience. Um, but wow. I'm one of those people who like, sometimes when I watch chef shows and stuff like that, and they're like, and like, my goal is to tell the story of the origin of the ocean through the, and I sort of roll my eyes. Right. And that's through like a foam. And you're like, I don't eat foam. I'm like, can you, whatever. So sometimes I'm a little bit of a skeptic when it comes to that. However, I will say this was one of those experiences where I go, Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. They, it's just people who are so passionate about creating an experience through food. It's like art. It's like yeah. it, you're, you truly are an artist with flavors. And this was an experience that helped me understand that because it was executed just to perfection. And I will not soon forget that meal. Do you remember the little, uh, the like raw, I think it was sea bass. It was like the little circular thing mm-hmm. and it had like a, it, it said it had horseradish, but like it didn't taste any horseradish. Oh, with like, but it was like the, the, it was like made into like little sweet. balls. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we can't even describe it. That's how weird it was, but I wanted like a hundred more of them. Yes. It was so delicious. So, uh, Bastion was such a fun restaurant and one of the, again, like one of those, I think we will remember for the rest of this year. Such a bucket list. And thing. I just, I'm so excited that we got to do that and we got to experience it. They had just opened like two days before as well. Didn't even know that. It was just serendipitous. The timing worked out. So, and that pretty much wraps up our time in Kinsale. We packed up all of our things. We uh, got in our rental car. We drove on the left side of the road and we headed to a different town, a town that we will tell you about in in the next next episode. episode. So that wraps up our Pranvel. Let's get into the actual part of the podcast where we talk about things. Yes. So those of you who have listened to the episodes for the past few weeks, we took you on our Embracing You series. Thank you so much for everybody who sent through positive feedback. That really means a lot to us. Yeah. Uh, And 
we thought for this episode specifically, it would be fun since we haven't done a full episode. We've sort of taken you through the tr- the journey, our travel journey, just in terms of like where we're going and what we're doing. All the food we've eaten. <laughs> but we haven't done a lot about what we're learning in this process. You know, yeah. I-, I think some of you have shared with us that you would love to at some point do some type of life changing trip or adventure or something like this. Um, and one of the reasons that we specifically set this as a goal for ourselves is because we knew that it would change us in like a life altering way. And so we're excited to kind of do these check-in episodes every few months of this trip and share what it's like. And also what is it like to work while you're traveling all the time? And what is it like to experience different cultures and what are the hard things and what are the fun things? And so we kind of separated out, we just kind of off the cuff wrote down some things that are just interesting observations and lessons that we're learning so far. So we have, I'll just give you the rundown of the categories, things that we've learned about working mm-hmm. while on the, on the road, as we say, um, things we've learned about travel planning and planning in general, things we've learned about habits, self-care, and just like time management, things we've learned about our relationship, juicy. hot goss. And then kind of a miscellaneous category of like things we've learned about just travel in general and packing and all that fun stuff. So let's start with work. I think this is the one that is kind of like the biggest shift for me out of all of these categories because everything else has kind of felt like I can adapt and do and, you know, kind of doesn't feel that different. There is this weird feeling of like, are we on vacation for a year or are we working while we're traveling? Mm -hmm. And the answer is we are working while we're traveling. Right. But there are times when you just kind of feel like it's a vacation. And so it's kind of weird to like switch the mental gears into that work mode. And I think I have not felt like we were on a vacation yet. At all. At all. (laughs) At all. That's so interesting. Yeah. I think it's just because it's like we're going to these dream places, mm-hmm. like the Airbnbs that we're staying in are so dreamy. And like my brain immediately goes like, oh, this is a vacation. Right. Or like we're going to these restaurants. Like I only eat at these great restaurants normally when I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's part of why my brain has gotten there. But Oh, you know what I bet it is too? Your brain is so capable of compartmentalization. True. And mine blends everything together. So I was just thinking like, I wonder why I haven't felt that way yet. And it's because even when we go to like a restaurant or do an adventure – I haven't set boundaries to say I won't be working this week or whatever that is. Yeah. And so to me, my brain never goes into vacation mode, which is I'm not working mode. Right. And so for you, you can compartmentalize for that one little moment or for that one meal or whatever, or that one day that we get to a new Airbnb probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just think that's fascinating. Um, so the first thing that we've definitely both realized is that we get so much less work done than we're used to. Yes. And I think even, especially during the past two years of the COVID times where we were hunkered down and like, I mean, really, it was like, well, what else are we going to do? Right, we were working all the time. It's just, and I think that actually worked out. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just saw this insanely adorable moment. See those two birds on that wire? Yeah. The bird that was on the right, I'm just going to describe this to everybody because it's worth it. The bird that was on the right was about 12 inches to the right, a foot Uh to the right. And it just slowly snuck (gasps) over sideways and just like got closer to the other bird. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. It looked like they were like life. middle schoolers and like yeah. they liked each other. Just like and put his like, little Oop. feathered arm around him. Okay, I'm so sorry. That, that was, was very cute. I just like, it stopped me in my tracks. Look at that, he's doing it again. He's doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah. They're trying to be He's friends. like sidestepping too, which is what makes it look so adorable. And then the other bird keeps This tip-toeing. I feel like I'm the bird on the left and you're the bird on the right. And the you're bird, like, I'm going to get closer to you. And I'm like, that's the, too hot. The bird, yeah, the bird on the right is like, <laughs> Keeps tiptoeing away. I'm so sorry away. about the uh, the bird tangent here. Uh, so getting back to it, definitely the uh, ability to get more work done or less work done has been a stunning realization mm-hmm. in this trip. And 
I think it's a little bit of a good thing as well because it's really showing us, and I think those of you who have kids, those of you who have a lot more things that you you know depend on your time, you have already come to this realization where you're like, yeah, I can't work 40 hours in a week. Like I have to get, my my business has to run on 20 hours a week or 10 mm-hmm. hours a week. And so I think for us, it's, it's really been an interesting challenge just to see, can we keep up mm-hmm. and continue to do what we've been doing? Because we do run two businesses. Mm-hmm. We don't just run Wandering Aimfully. We, you know, we also run Tea Tree, which the majority of that work falls on my plate. But I have done a really uh, intentional job of trying to make that doable in just a couple hours in a week, like mm-hmm. not even in a day. Yeah, I think it's also a good opportunity for deconstructing this idea of, you know, working for your worth. Like we talk about it all the time. And like in in a society, especially in American society, a capitalist society, where very quickly it becomes like you live in order to work and that's just what life is and you got to work harder and you got to find more hours in the day and all this stuff this year and being forced to like, you can't work that much is an opportunity to deconstruct some of those ideas and go, why do I believe that when I'm not able to get as much done that I'm somehow doing something wrong or like I'm cheating the system or I feel guilty or, you know, and questioning all of those norms and questioning the, the systems that have been put in our head to tell us that we're just supposed to be cogs in a machine. Um, and, and it's sort of the living embodiment of what we named this podcast for in the first place, which was, what is it all for? It's like, I, that's what I go back to when I have those moments of guilt is like all those years that we put in when we didn't know if it was going to work. And when we did work those 40 hour weeks and we did, you know, uh, you know, push ourselves to our limits. Like what was all of that for? If not to have this experience at this moment in our lives and to have a business that doesn't require us to work 40 hours a week or 60 hours a week right. or like, whatever. Do, do we all humans listening to this right now really believe that we were put on this planet to just stare at our computers for 10 hours a day? Like, is that really what we think? Yeah. Or do we think that we're here to maybe experience other cultures and see the natural world and have, you know, the life-changing experiences that bring us closer to our true essence and meaning of life or whatever all of us believe is about that. And so, I don't know, it's just been kind of an interesting thing of recognizing when I get that feeling of guilt of like, oh gosh, like I, I can't work as much. And like, what does that mean? And you know, to not see our business evolve as quickly, right? Because if you're not working as many hours each day, the amount of things that you can accomplish in a quarter, let's say, are yep. so fewer. Yep. Um, and so how does that feel, you know? And so it's just, it's been interesting. Um, I think also knowing that probably a next stage of life from here on out, you know, will be having children in some capacity or however we are able to do that. And so I almost think of it as like a good testing ground for that because I know that with that comes limited, a different capacity. And so I'm like, well, this was probably a good um, practice for, I can't do what I used to do when I was 22 years old and had all this energy and just could stare at a screen for 10 hours. Yeah, for sure. Uh, One of the very like practical realizations for me is I am an inbox zero person. Uh So I just strive to have a clear, it's like the clean plate. It's like my mom came around and was like, you got some unread emails to read those emails. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll read them. Set the like, timer, the microphone As long timer. as you love me, I will read those emails <laughs> and they will be gone. Uh, and I, as of recording this episode, I have 21 unread emails. Wow. I know for some of you, that's what you're like, I would dream of getting 21 <laughs> emails because I've seen some of your inboxes. Uh, but for me, it is, it has been this very interesting realization of 
that's okay. Like I don't have to answer every single email. I don't have to have a clean inbox to feel like I am productive and like I'm bringing value to people in our community, people who pay for teachery, people who just reach out to us cold for like random things. Like it is okay that I don't respond to all those things. And and I, I've really tried to also fight the, when I do finally respond to them and it's like three weeks later, apologizing to people for not responding. Totally. And I know that so many people, you know, have talked about this and deal with this and I just find it very interesting to be dealing with those things and just trying to sort through like, yeah, it's just like you said, like, wh- why are we here? Like, we're not here to respond to an email within 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's dumb. That is a c- construct that, like, doesn't need to be in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, we can all operate our businesses with, like, a little bit more uh, bandwidth and time and space. Mm-hmm. So the other thing about just working is the unpredictability of Wi-Fi in the, oh, Airbnb- yeah. in the yeah. Airbnbs that yeah. we are. So it's, it's kind of weird realizing that you can't always rely on... Well, I mean, the experience to be the same everywhere. The the very interesting example is when we were in Lisbon, our first Airbnb had 100 megabit up, 100 megabit down, solid. It was really good internet. Yes. One block over, we moved Airbnbs one block over. It was the most sporadic internet ever. And so it just, it was hilarious just even in that. So uh, we've had to find co working spaces to do our live coaching things every, or our live coaching sessions every single month. And I originally kind of looked at that as like a burden of like, oh, like we're going to have to like, now I kind of, you know, the two that we've gone through, the first one derailed us a little bit because it was very hustly and bustly and like kind of through your anxiety, little little anxiety uh, got pushed to a loop, but you did a great job. Thank you. But this last one that we went to here in Ireland, I could say it's in Ireland, the country was perfect. It was beautiful. It was, it was exactly. And it gave us the opportunity to go to another town that we probably would not have gone to. So it like opened us up to another experience that wasn't on our list where we could have easily just comfortably done, you know, the coaching session. And, and this is the thing, right? This, this is where I have to take a step back and just have so much gratitude for the era that we're living in for all of its challenges and all of its, you know, downsides. The fact that Wi-Fi is even a thing, the fact that we can work from anywhere, the fact that we have built lives of flexibility. And I know, you know, maybe some people listening to this are in a new bucket with that because of living through the COVID era and maybe your, your job became remote remote or something. Um, But, you know, like I said, through all of the bad, this is also something to be grateful for that that flexibility does exist and that places like co-working spaces even are even a thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Is, is incredible. Uh, yeah. I think the other thing that we wanted to ch- chat about in the working section was like our different adjustment periods yeah. on when we get to a new place. So this doesn't necessarily fit in the working, but I, I think a big part of what we love about this trip so far is the moving to a new place and getting to a new place and like unpacking in a new oh place. Oh my gosh. We were just we're talking about this. We're the biggest nerds we're because so we love nerdy. it. <laughs> Our favorite thing is unpacking. It's like yeah. getting to a new place figuring out all the things and then being like, okay, this is going to be my yeah. workspace. This is the coffee station this in the kitchen. This is the coffee station. Yeah. yeah, you love unpacking the kitchen. Yeah. I love unpacking my bathroom. I'm like, here's where I do my makeup. Yeah. Here's where I, I don't and know, it's so just fun. we have so few things too. So now it's like, you're just very thoughtful about where those things go. Like yes. our coffee station is the AeroPress. It's not yes. that many things. But I'm like, okay, like where's the plunger going to sit? Like where's right. the carousel stevia packets going to go? You know, and it's, right. it's just... 
I think part of it is the novelty, right? Like it's the novelty of getting to a new place. Everything is new. Everything is different. Mm -hmm. And so that really carries a lot of interest to us. Mm -hmm. But I think the difficult part of that is the adjustment period then for working, especially for you. And what I wish that I could go back to that first week or second week version of me in Lisbon and just comfort myself in saying like, it's okay that you, that it's really hard for you to get into a work mindset right now that will come. So I really did have this fear that like it was going to be impossible for me to get into a work headspace. Um, on this trip, on this trip, this whole, like I really had a lot of fear about it and it was really hard for me for the first month. And so I was thinking to myself, well, here we go. How am I going to get any work done this year? You know, like I just could not get comfortable and get into a routine where I felt like I could slip into that mindset of getting things done. Um, but now doing this for two months, it just took time. Yeah. It just took time for me to do it over and over again, for me to do it in four different Airbnbs to now go, Oh, okay. I see. This is how it works for me. You know, I rel- I rely heavily on my music and I get it. You know, like and all like these different the things. Space. Like I think that's yeah, one of the things the that's space. really helpful is like we get to a new place and we go, okay, here's where I'm going to work. And I mean, someone at the place where we're at now grabbed the head of the table. Just that's was like, I'm taking the view. You can just, schlep around wherever you're going to be. And guess what you've been doing? I've just been schlepping around. And you can do, you can work from anywhere. And that's the difference between the two of us, right? Right. Like you, you need some structure to feel comfortable and to be able to like get into work mode. I can perch up on a couch. I can perch up on a chair. I can go anywhere else. Not just that. I work very differently depending on if I'm in a seat where there's openness around me and I can see openness or if I'm facing a wall. Like I work differently facing a wall than I do facing an open space. It's so strange, but like, Hi, I'm a sensitive Sally. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I'm, I, I there's no uh, criticism here whatsoever. None it's taken. just that I, I think it's it's a good thing that we work the way that we do because imagine both of us were the sensitive Sallys of this. Mm-hmm. We would be fighting over the wall space. We would be fighting over the head of the table, you know. And mm-hmm. and in this way, it's just like, oh yeah, sure, I'll just work on the couch. Like I never do that, but like I'll just go do that, and that's fine, and yeah. we'll get it done. So that's been the things that we've learned just about working yep. and we're still going to learn more things along the way. I am really grateful that we've been using notion to organize everything because it makes it a lot easier to big shout out to our second sponsor of the show. <laughs> notion. Just kidding. They're not kidding, actually a sponsor. So let's move on to speaking of notion planning. Mm. Like what has that been like trying to not only live our travels, yeah. but plan for the next destination. Cause Okay, so here's Spoiler the thing. alert, we do not have every yeah. spot picked out. In my heart of hearts, I would have loved to have been like, all 20 destinations this year that we had planned out in our little block system, they're picked. We've got the Airbnbs booked. We know all the restaurants we're going to go to. Those are all planned out. And we know the adventures. And like the whole year just like is listed out. That would be impossible. The reality is that no, you can't do it. Both from a just like... It would take so much time to figure it out because there's so much decision making, but also from a mental fatigue thing. Exactly. I I think that's one of the things, this is not a complaint. This is just a reality to share with you, dear listener, which is the the planning never stops on a trip like this. So even like right now, we 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 know nothing about really our next destination. Like we know where we're going. We've booked the places that we're staying, but like this place that we're currently in, we booked in November. Right. I don't know if you remember that. So it's five months ago. The place that we're going like a month from now, we have not booked. Right. (laughs) And so like that's the difference of we've moved into doing this full time. We have so much less time to do the planning. And so I think for me, this is one of the things that I'm definitely having to fight on this this journey is 
I'm so used to being able to plan everything and mm-hmm. to be able to know, okay, this is where we're going to be and this is what we're going to do. And I have and this And to runway. optimize, right? I want the yeah. best of this and I want yeah. the, the top, top. And it's like, you can't get the top, top all the time. I want it though. I know. I want the top top of my cinnamon roll to be the top top of a cinnamon roll. <laughs> I almost bought pop tarts at the grocery store, by the way, today. I didn't, but I just want you to know that I just remembered that. Look at me, I, and they have pop tarts here in Ireland, in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, but that's what we've had to learn is not controlling everything. Yeah, controlling absolutely. some things, you know, because some of it is about recognizing that you do have power and you you can craft your experience and when you can utilize that power you should or we should for ourselves but um also then it's balancing that with letting go and just realizing yeah some places we're not going to be able to book until a month ahead of time and that's okay we're going to get the best of what is available yeah and i think one of the things that's been working out well for us is back before we started this trip we basically had like a daily meeting at the end of every day where we would spend like an hour doing planning mm-hmm. and that has not carried through over. And we didn't think that would, as we were no. you know, getting here, but now what we're doing is kind of these like half day spurts. And right. typically it seems like on Fridays are like a good day to do it. Right. And we'll, we'll sit down and go, okay, we're going to this country. How are we getting there? Like right. planes, trains, boats, what are we doing? Where are we staying? We haven't even looked at Airbnbs yet. Um, what place do we want to be? And then knowing, okay, well we are from there, we're going to go somewhere else. Like, what, what are the considerations there? Right. Just that in itself is like a couple of those half day planning sessions. So Completely. it's not like one half day we go, we want to go to France. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's just a country. We may or may not be going there. We want to go there. I mean, there's so much to figure out in right? that of where we want to go that in the first time we do that, we might just be deciding, okay, these are the areas we're thinking about. Right. Now, next Friday, when we do another we're four hour, the city and- we're going to choose the city. We're going to then look at some Airbnbs. And so it's, it's a lot of those logistics. And I, it is definitely, as you said, it's, it's an exercise in letting go of control for me, which is something that is probably the most difficult part of this trip for me is yeah, just not being in control of all the decisions. I think I've also learned to check in with us when I can tell that the decision fatigue is setting in and when it's taking the joy from the experience. Right. So, you know, we'll kind of sometimes just check in and be like, listen, this isn't supposed to be stressful. So, right. so if it's bringing stress, then we need to loosen the reins a little bit, or we need to maybe like reset our expectations or we need to start with a smaller decision. Like I think we've been really good about recognizing when that gets to be too much. And also in those, in those sessions, I'm definitely the one that gets fatigued earlier than you are. And so I have to say, okay, I think after the, after we pick this flight, because we've been looking at these three different flights after we pick this flight, I need to be done. Yeah. And then we move on. Yeah. And then we go, okay, then we'll make figure it out next time. I think the last thing here too is, it's just talking about like how helpful notion has been and just giving you a lot of credit for like how much you've set up for like, we have this whole destinations dashboard that you've built with like all these different blocks. And then, you know, the big consideration for us is this whole like Shenzhen region and like how much time we can be in, how much time Mm -hmm. we can be out. Also managing our budget. So I can see this was like a thing that we worried about is like, we're not always booking the accommodation in the month that we're staying there. So I am kind of the manager of our budget and our accommodations budget. Um, I could be the manager of that. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't hear, that was a kerfuffle that Carol just had. Next podcast, we're going to crowdfund our bills because Jason decided to stay in all five star. A couple podcast episodes from now, if we have seven (laughs) sponsors, you'll know why. One day we'll have to remember 
if we if we go to the final destination of the year that we're thinking about telling yeah. them the story of us oh, finding our perfect the, accommodation yeah, yeah. that was a top top for sure top top yeah i think just uh, in that, just for a second on the budget thing, you know, someone asked this in our coaching session, Maria, thank you, uh, about how, like how have we done sticking to our budget while traveling? Uh-huh. And I think we've actually done a really good job. Like we've been under in all of our estimations for eating out, groceries, um, adventures, like things like that, like have actually been pretty, pretty good. It's the Airbnbs. It's that have the been, accommodations. It's been a little bit more than we thought. But we had a discussion at the beginning, beginning of the year of this is the goal for each block or for each country. Correct. The key is we have that budget for the whole year. So if we find a place like the Dock House in Kinsale, we can stretch the budget there. Mm -hmm. And then we just know that maybe in another country where we have some options of like a this place is $150 a day or this place is $110, we're going to save a good amount of money here. Let's save the money here. Absolutely. I think it's also important to remember that one of the benefits of traveling consecutively is you're not paying rent, right? Yeah. So that the accommodations budget is maybe different than you might set if you were taking a vacation because you're going to be paying for a mortgage or rent on top of that. Um, but this, this encompasses our mortgage slash rent slash accommodation. So, uh, yeah, but we're a good, I think, compliment in that regard as well. I'm probably a little bit more frugal. You're a little bit more YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> and I've... I found a place for $1,700 a night. How many nights can we stay there? 12? <laughs> no, that's our entire budget for no, the year. You have to work there for the next 30 <laughs> days to pay for the next yeah. Airbnb. I'm just going to send a message and be like, I make a mean batch of cinnamon rolls. Will that be payment enough you for can hire me, please? the week? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about habits, self-care and time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so one very crucial learning that I have figured out from the second month of our trip compared to the first month of our trip is the gym. Yeah. Having a gym membership, a place to go to to work out is a, a must have. Is a must have. Yeah. Because I, for me, it's a linchpin habit. So it's like, it's not just that I feel like I have to work out every day. It's that if I work out in the morning, it clears my mind. It makes me feel motivated to work. It makes me feel healthy and strong. It makes me feel like it really is a mental health habit for me. Yeah. And it, it's a nice balancing out of the restaurants too. It also, yeah. From (laughs) like a health perspective with how much butter I'm probably consuming, consuming from restaurants here in Ireland, it probably helps. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just been really, you know, I I took this awareness from from our time in Lisbon where we didn't have a gym and we were just trying to work out in the apartments we were in. And it, I just never felt motivated. I never felt like I could get a good sweat on. It just didn't work for me. And I said, Jason, I think I want to find a gym in Kinsale. And we found one. And that was our first, like, let's test this out. Yeah. And we, um, and it really has been working well for me. So. Yeah. And I will say just like a huge moment of gratitude to be in the part of COVID where you can go to gyms. Right. And you don't have to be necessarily scared and you, like masks aren't required. And, and so it's a very interesting kind of like, yeah, six months ago, we wouldn't have been able to go to gyms, Correct. you know, and, and I think that's part of like why we waited when we waited to go on this trip, you know, being very fortunate with the way that things have worked out. Like, you know, another variant could pop up and like all this, you know, could be ruined. Changed, so like, right. you know, we're, we're, we're taking advantage where we can. Uh, but yeah, I will say as well, you know, we used to pay for a gym before COVID times and it was like $150 a month for a couple. And we're paying probably like $200 a month because we're only at two week you know, stints mm-hmm. of places. And so it might be a little bit more than you would pay to use. Like we're paying a hundred dollars to use a gym for two weeks. 
it's not really like the best, but like it works out. Right. And so I think just for that, we see that as an investment in our mental health. We see that as an investment in our physical health. And it really is, I think I, I've realized, and I, I don't remember, I said this maybe on the coaching session. I love being able to just like walk to a gym. Yeah. Like we've really never had that before. And I also, I love not being in a big city where you can do that. Right. Kinsale, we couldn't do that, but where we are now we can. And I love it. Like I love the little morning routine of just, I mean, we have to put on like 37 layers, but like you walk to the gym, you're there, you get that workout, you walk back, you get the fresh air. Like there's just something about that's very uh, lovely. And I think part of this year too, is to find out some of those things that really matter to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one for me that I would really like to have as some more walkable life things. It doesn't have to be the gym, but like the grocery store, the coffee shop, like all those different things, Mm -hmm. I think really, they fill up your life bucket a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, I mean, this is just going back to the time thing, like with work, but there's just less time for everything. And I've just had to let go of, I mean, I think when we were back living in California, I very much took pride in being this person who could maintain a level of balance. Like there's never like a, an end point, right. With balance. No. I think I saw on my calm app yesterday, like the title of the meditation was balancing, not balance. Right. I didn't listen to it, but I assumed that's the point of it is like, you're always in a in perpetual pursuit of balancing, yep. you're never, you never it's find not a destination. Balance. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's a process, not a destination. Um, but I used to pride myself on being someone who was constantly balancing like, Oh, okay. Like I haven't prioritized my friendships very much. Like, let me pour into that. Oh, I, you know, haven't been like learning new skills. Like, let me now shift my attention to that. And like, I was always felt like I found this good balance of filling up all the buckets in my life that needed attention. I will say on this trip, all of that, like so many of those buckets (laughs) have just been like wiped out and and it, and it's hard, right? It's the same thing as like the guilt with the working thing. Like I haven't been able to keep up with as many of my relationships or checking in with my family. And like, that's really hard, but there's just, it's just impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. Yeah. One of the ways that I was talking about this when we were writing these notes is like, you, you live your normal life in like normal circumstances and you do have little chunks of time that you'll fill with, oh, I'll just hop on a call with friends. Like that's just, I have some extra time. Like I'll just do that. On this trip, you're basically like, oh, I have a little bit of time. I just want to lay down. Yeah, <laughs> like I or, just want to not do anything. Oh, or either I need to like lay down or, oh, we don't know where we're going in a month, in a month from now. Yeah, <laughs> we have to talk about like, oh, are we going to that country? Or are we not going to that or country? Like, or like, Oh, hey, I, where, you know, what's, what's at the Portuguese grocery store? Yeah, like yeah. all these decisions fill up those, those, those little times. And so I've actually, I told you, I just made this observation that I think there's like these four zones of time that are now developing in this like little cycle. So I have my, the first zone is like whenever we transition to a new place, cause we've done it like three or four times now, there's like this three or four day period where that's the most that's going on because right. it's, we're adjusting to a new place. There's all this excitement. It feels new. I'm, I'm like, you know, figuring out the whole place. And then that's usually also when we're the most excited about doing adventures. So like we're checking out restaurants, we're going to stuff nearby. It's a lot of like action. Okay. So that's like my first mode. Then inevitably I have to, re- I have to recover from that. So then I go through this time period where I settle in a little bit. There's two or three days where I'm like kind of resting, mm-hmm. like just kind of getting my mind right. Then usually after resting, I start to freak out that I haven't been able to do much work. (laughs) And so I'm like, I have to work on a coaching session or, you know, like all these things. And so then I go through like a four or five day where I'm like really trying to prioritize work. And then the last (laughs) zone is like 
everything else in my life. Yeah. I'm like, oh, whoops, I forgot to write back to that friend. Uh, or brush my teeth in six days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, or like shave my legs. Like I haven't shaved my legs. Like got to do that. Um, and so it's just kind of interesting. And But I think there's this acceptance in knowing the season you're in in life and just yeah. going like, well, maybe that's just how it's going to be for and right I, now. I think for especially like our friends and family, which is who I, we feel the most like maybe guilt about not keeping in touch with as much. I, I would believe, we haven't asked them this, but I would believe they're all like, yeah, they're on this adventure for a year. Like, I'm not expecting to keep up the same way. And and I think even, like, I had a moment with our friends that we have a Slack group with, and, and we don't chat a lot, but they're like, hey, let's hop on a call. And I'm like, I had the realization, I haven't talked to my mom on the phone in a month. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my mom. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even, I don't have time to, like, and I should just make more time, but we text. So, like, I am still talking to my mom, everybody. Don't worry. And I'm cleaning my plate. She's happy. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is one of those things where you just, you start to realize, like, there is just so much less time for those things. And you just have to be okay with that and, and know that you're still a good person. You still care about these people. You still love these people. You're going to keep those relationships. It's just this might not be the year of keeping up with all of that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't mean to sound like we're, we're like make the excuse that we're not in control of our time because I, th- I do think like where we put our time is a reflection of our priorities, right? But maybe then it really comes down to giving ourselves permission that this experience is our priority right now. Yeah, especially and this year, like this one year. Exactly. Yeah. It, so. All right, you've got a big category here. Okay, juicy. <laughs> Nestle in for part two of this juicy. podcast. I wanted to talk about how do you think the first two months of this trip have changed our relationship? It's or great. It's great. <laughs> well, we're still together. That's great. That's a great start. Yeah. Well, what I we kind of talked about before this was like if you're playing Mario mm-hmm. and you know that Bowser is coming up, mm-hmm. but before Bowser, there's like a mini boss, like mm-hmm. a Koopa Troopa, like a strong Koopa Troopa you have to fight, who you have mm-hmm. to jump on three times to win. That's like moving in together is fighting the Koopa Troopa. Right. This trip, traveling together for a year, is fighting Bowser. This right. is the next level of doing this. And then I think probably like having children maybe is like the... That's like Bowser, Bowser's the Koopa Bowser. Troopa, and then your left hand has fallen asleep and you only have one hand. <laughs> exactly. But this is definitely a new level of gauntlet for like growing a relationship, I would say. I also wrote down like there's moving in together and then there's constantly moving. Together. <laughs> so yeah. like together, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's been a test. Like, it's been a challenge. It's Those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that we calculated we have gone, we've had 4,000 fights <laughs> in our relationship. My favorite. We miscalculated. We did uh, some bad math did a couple of math, did years ago. Uh, we, maybe at a stretch, it's 400 fights in our 12 years we've been together There's just no now. way. That's not even no, right. No, but I just like, I was trying to come up with some numbers and I said 4,000 and it was just ridiculous. We haven't even been together for 4,000 days, just in case you wanted to know. But it is very interesting just all the new things that we're running into, mm-hmm. but then also just all the like normal things that you run into as a couple that are still your friction points. Mm-hmm. And so I think even for us, like we've run into our standard friction points in our relationship. Well, what's interesting to me is, okay, if you... If I had to define maybe the two, like as you describe them, friction points in both of our personality types that cause disagreements, four thousand bites. Like I would say, not necessarily my anxiety, but maybe like my my sensitive nature sometimes can um, create challenges for us. Right? Mm-hmm. I would say your desire to control things sometimes creates challenges for us. 
what is an experience that would put maybe <laughs> someone's sensitivity, anxiety, and then someone's need to control things under a microscope? That would be traveling full-time for yeah. a year. So we like really did go for the boss here in terms of this is just an experience that's going to challenge those two things to the maximum. Yeah. And so we're both being put in this very vulnerable, uncomfortable position of where I'm having to figure out how to be courageous on like a very regular basis and figure out how to recover from some of the like sensory inputs. And you're constantly having to figure out how to loosen the reins, (laughs) how to not control everything, how to not like, yeah. And navigate the fact that you're going through so many things that you're going through. Right. And, and that's another part of like my life that I can't control, which is like how you feel. Right. And I, you know, to some degree I can't control how I feel either, but it's just, it, it is a very interesting part of this journey to, to be working on our relationship through all this. And, and that's not to say that like it's going poorly, no, That's not, not to all. say that we are, I like I, I said on our Wayne Weekly video to our Waymers, which is also something you get in Wayne Unlimited. It's like a little vlog. It's no big deal. <laughs> uh, is, is that like I feel like we're fighting more, yeah. and not in like a not in like a bad way. No, I'm not saying that it's like we're fighting all the time. No, I'm just thinking back to like our lives in California, right. and I'm like, oh yeah, like we had a couple fights, but like I feel like we're fighting more. And I think what we kind of came to is just like they probably feel heightened to me maybe or like more sensitive to me Mm -hmm. because we're in like an open, more like a more sensitive situation Mm -hmm. because we're always in dealing with new things. Correct. So it feels different, but it's the same, it's the same exact thing. Yeah, because I think... If you would just clean the (laughs) damn pan after you (laughs) zoom (laughs) in. Yeah. that no, would be great, you I, know? That is what's funny. Though. No, but that would be great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is what's funny. On that video, you were like, okay, do you think we've been fighting more or less than when we live in California? And you said My more immediate and I reaction said less, was more, yeah. which is just like the way that we view things, which is so funny. But no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing, right? But like, I think what I'll say is I, I love it. Like, <laughs> you know, I love it because to me, every disagreement is an opportunity to learn about how to communicate better. And all we've done, I think what has gotten us this far in our relationship is communication. And so it's like, we're having to over communicate again. And as a communicator, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But also, um, but on top of that, my favorite part about it, like the positive part about it is I really feel like it's a group project all the time. And like, we're, we're learning so much about how to be good teammates to each other because I feel like you're, you're doing this thing that requires you both to, to offer up so much of each other and then to also anticipate each other's needs. And I feel like we're getting a lot better at anticipating each other's needs. Yeah. And I I will give you so much credit in this category because I, I think in our lives in California, I did just the majority of things in life. Absolutely. So it's like making a reservation at a dinner, going into a place you've never been and like dealing with the discomfort of that thing figuring out any type of logistics, like just all those different things, calling someone to do something. Everything. And I think what's really changed, what has really changed, it's not even I think, is that you are just taking on more of those things so that it lessens the burden for me, Mm -hmm. which has been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Like we'll walk, I know this may sound so dumb, but I think some of you who are in a relationship can very much relate. You're the person who always walks into a restaurant. You say hello to the person who greets you. Not me. 
No, no, no. Just you as that person. Yeah. Like you, in the relationship, you're the one who goes in first, you, or you open the door for the other person, obviously. But like you go up to the counter, you say like, "Oh, this is, you know, I want to get a table, whatever." It's always you. You're always that person. And and in that life, like a comfortable life, it doesn't feel like a burden. Like it never felt like a burden to me in totally. Southern California whatsoever, because it's comfortable. Like you know everything. But when we're in Portugal and neither of us speak the language, it's uncomfortable to always be the person doing that and to. It, it, again, a burden might be too strong of a word, but it just feels like I have to do this every single time. Right. Like I'm doing all the other things. I could just use some help. And I think even without voicing that, you just started noticing that. And again, like this is like the amazing race part of this where you're just like, oh, I got to pick up the slack and like, you know, get that yeah. rope because that's going to help us later. Yeah. Uh, is that an amazing race thing? Do they sure. pick up ropes? Ish. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, like some twine. And yeah, the, it's just been a very helpful thing that you'll just be more assertive and you'll like step up to places and you'll order things and you'll navigate the uncomfortable as well so that I won't have to deal with all of it because that is very draining to anybody is to be able totally. to like go through all those uncomfortable situations at every moment in your life. Yeah, I have two things to say about that. You only First get of one, all, so you. pick your favorite. No, okay. thank you for acknowledging that. But I think what is just interesting about that is again this is such a valuable part of taking a trip like that a trip like this is when you live in one place I do think sometimes you can get very comfortable in like your roles in your relationship like what you you know what I'm talking about if you've been with a person for a a while somebody settles into the I'm the take charge person someone settles into the I'm the laid-back person and you just sort of settle into these things and it without realizing it yeah it can put sometimes like an unfair uh responsibility on one person's shoulders versus the other and that doesn't mean that you don't balance it out right like that's not to say that it was unbalanced in our relationship but no one is saying that (laughs) but it's not fair. It's not fair to make you the person who always has to do the uncomfortable thing. And so I think I realized that early on because like you said, it wasn't suddenly like walking into a restaurant in California and saying, hi, we have a reservation for two. Right. When you know the language, isn't that hard or calling a restaurant to make a reservation. Isn't that hard when you don't speak the language, it's a much harder and uncomfortable thing. And I started to recognize that that was uncomfortable And so I didn't want you to have to take that on every time that it was that recognition coupled with the fact that I do feel myself getting more comfortable being uncomfortable. Like it didn't take long. It took maybe a month to just go, Oh, I'm doing something uncomfortable every, almost every minute of every day now. And I just, and I just start to go, it's not that bad. Me calling the restaurant and having to ask the very thick, Irish accent <laughs> for three times of what they said sucks in the moment and feels like, you know, you kind of feel stupid and, you know, and that's okay. But like that feeling passes and it's not fair for me to try to put to, you would have to do that all the time. Yeah. And so I think that that is something that I've really loved about the relationship part of this adventure is being a team together, picking up the slack for each other, starting to like think ahead together and problem solve together and yeah. be like, okay, we're in the car and we're going to go here, but like Jason's going to be driving. He's going to be a little bit nervous because we're getting into a town center and like the roads get more windy. So I'm going to look up the parking lot so he doesn't have to be driving around thinking about parking. It's yeah. like that, that type of thing. And there's like a million micro decisions when you're on a trip like this too and so it just helps to have someone to be able to do some of those help you do some of those decisions without you having to do them yeah and I really think like I'm not I'm no person for relationship advice but I think so much of making a relationship work is each person just wants to know that they're being thought of so if you like 
in this trip, I have just realized if I can think about, like I said, anticipating your needs, thinking of something that you don't have to, so that you don't have to think about it. And, and I go, Hey Jason, like I looked up three restaurant spots in that little day trip that we're taking tomorrow to that town so that you didn't have to go looking for them. Like here, like take a look at each of the links and see which one you like the best. That is love because you're going, Oh, she thought ahead so that I wouldn't have to go and do this mentally taxing thing. I just immediately buy you a bouquet of roses, (laughs) a bouquet of cinnamon rolls. Yeah. So anyway, I've really liked that part. And I also, I, I just, I like the way that our roles are shifting a little bit. Okay. Do we want to move to our last category? Last category. Travel stuff. All right. We wanted to just share a couple little items here uh, based on like, you know, just logistics things, I guess. Uh, One of which was, for those of you who may have watched our YouTube video on the 246 things that we are packing for full-time travel, uh, that video was, was the culmination of watching a lot of other people's videos, doing research of what people pack, you know, like what kind of stuff do you need? And I would say for the most part, like... An A plus for us. I for me, yeah. Like I think, so. I think we nailed it. Like we have not run into a situation. Now, granted, we've we've we're staying longer in places, so it's easier to pick things up when you need it. But it is one of those things where I feel like, especially for me, for the side of like I'm operating all of our like gear things, like mm-hmm. recording videos and recording live coaching sessions in this podcast, like. I got all the gear. Like I didn't bring a ton of extra stuff. I got a nice minimal setup. So it's not too heavy to lug around when we have to like go into a city and go to a co-working space. Mm -hmm. So I think like that side of it has worked out well. One of the hilarious things on our packing video was, uh, Caroline packed six coats. People were concerned about my jacket situation. About the amount of jackets that you packed. They were like, you don't need all those jackets. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I hear you, but I <laughs> have very distinct desires for each one of these jackets, okay? Yeah. And I will say, I didn't. I brought every jacket that in that video except for one, and it wasn't because I was swayed by the masses. It was because I couldn't fit. <laughs> literally could not fit I literally fit couldn't a fit it, item. and I oh. had to, something had to go, so I, I, I left my jean jacket at home. But every other jacket, what have I said? I am so, so glad, glad that it. I brought it. Yeah. I jackets are really you you need them for different situations okay yeah i've been really happy with all of our things that we've brought i've been really happy with my toiletries situation it takes me about one month to go through my little shampoo and conditioner but then it's great because if you're in a place you just you can just pick up a shampoo like that's the other thing i've learned yes is like you you're in a place where people live they do need shampoo they keep shampoo at the pharmacy this was a this was a a little bit of a concern for me and i know it's very silly but like i've used the same deodorant for i kid you not 20 years of my life 20 years the exact same degree antiperspirant deodorant 24-hour protection (laughs) under my armpits sport scent like that has been it's green comes in a two-pack i bought it for 20 years You can't get it here. It's not here. No. Also, it's too big. Like it's yeah. a big honking American-sized deodorant for an American armpit. <laughs> and and so I've had to get these smaller deodorants, but it has worked out. It has been fine. And so I think that's the thing is you just you will find a different, you know, opportunity to replace something and it you know, it may not be great, but like it's all worked out. The other thing that we've definitely realized is when you have such a small wardrobe, even though there's six coats, you wear through everything so much faster. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I've already basically worn through two shirts and, like, a pair of shorts. Yeah. Like, they are, they're not falling apart, but, like, they're getting close, and they're going to need to be replaced here in a couple months. But I will say there's going to be an interesting shift for us when it comes to the seasonal change. Like, we're getting into spring. Spring's going to be And we're going to start to get into warmer months, and, like, you're not going to need six jackets. I know. I've but do you keep them for, for when fall, it gets colder? I know. 
Yeah, and probably. Like, I think we probably yeah. will. Plus, also, summer clothes are so small. Sm- summer clothes They're are small. They're just, like, dainty. Just, like, little tops and just little <laughs> bottoms. Just tops. Yeah. I know. I, I Yeah, that'll be kind of interesting, with especially because... Not gonna tell you where we're going next, but there's a there is a weather change. Uh, not that much though. Uh, oh, I also wanted to mention. I wrote down here. I just cannot get on board with Merino wool. Okay. I know the full time travelers out there are they like Merino to... wool is the best. It's because uh, the fibers and like the anti wicking and the, the the odors don't. You just wash it with your hands and you don't put it in a machine. No, no. I ha- I bought like four of them. They're either too itchy. They're either too hot. They're just not comfortable. I just can't get on board. I can't. I like cotton. It's a nice fabric. I like it. I like it's a little the, stretch. It's the fabric of, of our, our lives. lives. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that wraps up the uh, the stuff that we wanted to chat about here of what we've learned. You know, we, we should also do a Q and A. Like maybe I definitely want to do another check in like in two months. Yeah. But maybe we should do a Q and A episode about people because I'm curious. I know we touched on a lot of stuff, but I'm curious if there's things we didn't touch on that people are curious about.